Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen posts on Tumblr, joined with Kama. Hi, this is Kama, and you can find me at Grammar Saves Lives on Tumblr. Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky, and I am at the Chikrin on Twitter. Uh, Eon? Hey, this is Eon. I am Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. And a new guest, Jake. I'm Jake, and I have nothing to promote. Awesome. <laughs> I do, I do mine like out of habit. I don't even really care. <laughs> yeah, when I guess did I you text something last? I don't know. <laughs> lost her password. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, thank you all for joining us as we complete the Tyrion chapters for A Game of Thrones with Tyrion Nine. Um, spoilers, of course, books and show. And uh, let's do the the recap of since we last podcast it. Um, we have Jamie with three camps of 15,000 men or so besieging River Run. He is um, participating in regular um, excursions to dissipate these raids that the Stark hosts are doing. Um, on one of these, he is captured by Rob Stark, along with several other loyal um, bannermen to House Lannister, one of them including Cleos Frey. So I just threw that in there because we all love Cleos. <laughs> <laughs> Eddard Stark is uh, beheaded before the Great Sept in front of his daughter, Sansa, standing alongside Joffrey and Cersei while Arya is hidden in the great crowds of the common folk. Uh, Sansa remains in King's Landing and Joffrey's proving to be a rather cruel little bitch king. He uh, leads her out to the battlements of the Red Keep to see her father's head. He tells her of Jamie's capture and how he plans to raise his own host to kill her brother and bring him her Rob's head. Sansa responds that maybe Rob will instead bring her his head. Sir Marin beats her at Joffrey's command. And that pretty much brings us up to date with the chapter. Um, so Tywin receives word of Jamie's capture at the Whispering Wood and we get uh, an account... Um, of a rather um, grueling, I guess, quick return south, and we have Tyrion, or sorry, Ty, Ty, yeah, Tyrion, who's recounting that as they're traveling, a lot of uh, injured soldiers are just being left by the roadside with like each passing day, and as they go, many many others are starting to to desert them as well. And uh, Tyrion has this thought that he's like half tempted to join them. And it's like immediately followed by a passage of um, how he was awakened into the warm feathered bed with Shay beside him. So <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's kind of funny how he's like commiser or thinking of how horrible it is. But, you know, compared to the men that are being, you know, that are injured and being left by the roadside, he has it pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, it's just more of the motif of, of Tyrion not understanding his privilege at any given step. Yeah. So um, Tyrion is perturbed with Harris's Swift's lamenting at Jamie's decision to split his forces into three. And um, the messenger recounts how Jamie had gone out with 50 men to deal with 
um, Mark Piper and his Raiders. And I just selected like a little bit from this passage. Um, and your outriders, Sir Clergain's face might have been hewn from rock. The fire in the hearth gave a somber orange cast to his skin and put deep shadows in the hollows of his eyes. They saw nothing. They gave you no warning. The bloodstained messenger shook his head. Our outriders have been vanishing. Mark Piper's work, we thought. The ones who did come back hadn't seen nothing. A man who sees nothing has no use for his eyes, the mountain declared. Cut them out and give them to your next outrider. Tell him you hope that four eyes might see better than two, and if not, the man after him will have six. Lord Tywin Lannister turned his face to study Sir Gregor. Tyrion saw a glimmer of gold as the light shone off his father's pupils, but he could not have said whether the look was one of approval or disgust. Lord Tywin was oft quiet in council, preferring to listen before he spoke, a habit Tyrion himself tried to emulate, yet this silence was uncharacteristic even for him, and his wine was untouched. Aww. You know I had to pick a gory bit. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh God. I know. I lo- I love this moment. This moment of Tywin like assessing Gregor because it's like, I mean, even in fandom, there's discussion of you know like did did Tywin really understand how how bad Gregor was like when he sent him you know to deal with with the Targaryen kids and stuff and it's like no clearly I mean, Tywin he, knows. Yeah, he had to have. I mean, the dude is like this ogre. Who like seems like something like straight out of like Lord of the Rings, like at this table full of lords, like the, like the description of him, he just sounds like he sounds like a literal monster. Like mm. I don't understand how you could not like think that this dude was anything but what he appears to be. Was it last chapter where there's that line where I, I think Tyrion is talking about the the hills tribe people or whatever they are, and um, Tywin says something like, "When your men act up, it's the fault of their commander." Yes. I mean, I think Tywin knows exactly what he's got in Gregor Clegane. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah he's just really good at, like, shifting blame and being like, oh, I didn't tell him to do that. I mean, he just, you know, he's just in my employ. He's one of my guys. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> the other reason I picked it, too, is because I like the description of Sir Gregor's face, um, that it had been hewn from rock. And it just made me think of that um, vision that Bran has. It's like um, like a black. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, the the mountain one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we all know that the mountain is the mountain. <laughs> well, yeah, like I, in that I vision, picture, I picture something like a cross between like Brock Lesnar and like the Thing from the Fantastic Four. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh my god. <laughs> Great, now that's all I'm going to be able to picture him as. <laughs> Orange rock. <laughs> the other thing I really like about this beginning, too, is that, like, we finally, like, this is where, like, Tyrion gets to go sit at the big boy's table and, like, we see, like, a, get a good look into his camp and how it, like, Tywin, for all of his pride and all of, like, um, all his grandeur, like, he still kind of inherited a lot of his of his father's mess. So, like, his camp is just, like, this group of, like, weirdos, basically. Like, you have, like, this weak-chinned lickspit who's just like, my god, what's gonna happen? And then you have, like, this, like, golem over here, like, just, like, you know, sitting there, you know, telling people to cut out their eyes, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a motley bunch, if you think about it. Yeah, that's a good point, because, like, um, with Harris Swift, like, because he got a lot of play in this chapter, I was like, I kind of had to look him up a bit, I'm like, okay, I know, like, I, I kind of remember this dude. Right? Hmm? 
Yeah, we know him. It's a tubercular guy who Cersei right. later on has a huge problem with, isn't so he? Can we assess that? The no, guy he's Kevin's she- father-in-law. Yeah. yeah. Can we assess, though, that she, if Cersei, is the one who eventually appoints him to look after the, to be Lord Treasurer? <laughs> so yeah. The guy that, like, had major debts to her grandfather? <laughs> yeah, well, we all know she's got a real talent for employing people. <laughs> anyway, the other yeah. the other reason uh, I no he he I just wanted to back up no he he he's the, he's the one that you see in Kevin's chapter they're sending him off to Bravos and you've got to hand it to George the characterization is is precisely spot on from like a Game of Thrones clear through to a Dance with Dragons I mean Harris Swift is always Harris Swift I mean it's it's kind of cool if you think about it mm-hmm. the other thing that I liked about this scene was the fact that you know like you kind of get a, a little bit of a replay of this with Jamie in in feast when he's yeah. you know he's gathered around not only with the men of the Westerlands but the 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 some of the river lords that have turned and um, you know he he employs the same tactic that apparently Tyrion also picked up from Tywin of you know staying quiet and and letting the men talk and hear everything that they have to say and it's just it just gives you kind of a sense of just kind of like even though I know Jamie and Tyrion both have issues with their dad Tyrion obviously much more so than Jamie like just the fact that they do know that he does know what he's doing is is kind of cool in a way. Hmm. One more thing before we move on from this. Um, bit that I pulled out um, that I read is there's some kind of what's being reported to Tywin is really uh, these men that are, you know, disappearing and they're not seeing anything. It kind of alludes to uh, the uh, Rob's wolf is in there Mm. taking them out, you know? So I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool. Something I picked up on that I didn't catch the first round. Um, So let's see. The attack was a night, attack led by the blackfish with men separated by the rivers lord brax attempted to lead men over the waters on rafts and it turned out not to be such a good plan start catapults smashed them and many drowned the others um met fierce fighting on from the stark men on the banks of the river Tyrion thinks the now dead lord brax was a fool he would take cowardice over gallantry any day so it sounds like it was a complete clusterfuck. Rob rode into their camp with Grey Wind killing men and horses. Lord Blackwood made off with Edmure Tully, and they lost their Tyroshi cell swords to the Starks, who switched sides when things were going south. And also, um, the poor unicorn guy drowned in full plate, which just proves how stupid the show was. <laughs> Sorry. You knew I had to do that. I was going to say something, actually. Thank you. <laughs> Some one of us was going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> so Sir Harris Swift whines some more and calls the state affairs the affairs a catastrophe. Um, they are cut off by their supplies, and if the Stark Stark um, force wants, they could just march straight to Casterly Rock. He suggests suing for peace. Tyrion throws his cup to the floor and says, here's your peace. And he knows there will never be um, a peace with the Starks because, well, they took Ned's head. <laughs> so Lord Lefford suggests the two Stark daughters be offered for trade for Jamie, And Sir Adam Marebrand snorts at this suggestion and he wants to march on the Starks then and there. He suggests new men from the court um, and from Casterly Rock to join them. 
Tywin is sick of the noise and he yells at all of them to get out and he tells Kevin and Tyrion to stay put. So I'll take a pause there if anyone wants yeah. to. Yeah. Okay. So like what, 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 what do you guys read from this? Did, did Tywin just make the decision that he was going to pull Tyrion in on all this stuff? Is it because Tyrion was so smart during this meeting or had he already decided I that Tyrion was the one? Decided. Really? I, cause yeah. I felt like it was the cup throwing moment and, uh, Tyrion. It, it might, it might have like sealed the deal. You know what I mean? Where he's like, okay. Uh, I like that. I think, I don't think it was formed in that moment, if that's what you're asking. I think he was yeah. thinking about it. Yeah, cause it, it's, it's hard to tell the way that it's written. It's such a surprise to Tyrion that, you know, it's written to feel like a surprise, but it's like, surely Tywin knows how bright Tyrion is. So, I mean, like, you'd think he would have been thinking he could use him. At the same time, he just tried to have him killed, so... I mean, isn't Kevin kind of an advocate for Tyrion a little bit? I always got that sense. Yeah, oh yeah. So, maybe maybe Kevin talked to him after the battle, like, you know, hey, he's paying his dues, you know. Give him him another shot. I'd also like to point out, just because of last episode, that you'll note that Tywin did not have his brother (laughs) leave. Thank you. (laughs) Thinks someone besides me thinks highly of his brother. <laughs> well, we do know too by the end of this chapter that there is considerable doubt in um, Tywin's mind whether or not Jamie's alive, right? So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's not that it's not whether he's alive; it's whether they can get him back. I mean, I kind of love how angry Tyrion gets about that too. And I mean, Kevin is respected by sticking around, but like Tyrion does ask him to fetch him wine, and he does basically go get a map when Tywin tells him to, which is kind of the power move in a way. That's true. <laughs> Just trying to poke comma again. <laughs> if he needed somebody to be a servant, he would have had a servant stick around. I'm, I'm just. There's an ambiguity with Kevin. I mean, I like Kevin, but there's definitely this kind of ambiguity of, you know, how much is it that his kids really underestimate him and how much was he really? It's it's an interesting ambiguity that you see in the books that I still don't totally know where I fall on that. But I think it's one of those things where, like, you know, your parents, you think, you know, your parents. And then one day, you know, you're having a conversation with someone who knew them as contemporaries and you go, oh, I really didn't know my parents in that respect. And that's all I think I was trying to say last week. And I. I, I really don't think that I think Tyrion and Cersei and Jaime see their father and their relatives through a certain lens, which is not always the only lens out there. Right, right. So, let's see. well, and I mean, with Kevin, I mean, I think throughout the series, the way that Kevin is positioned constantly shows that he is on his own very competent. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm with I'm with Calm there for sure. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's not just his own family who thinks that either. I mean, he's pretty well respected. Um, when when he finally does take power and dance, people are listening. You know, it's 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 no trouble for him to deal with the Tyrells or anything because they have every you know amount of, of respect that you would expect for him. He just needed so, his brother to die to have his time to shine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not saying he's Tywin. He's not. No, he's not. In any sense, but yeah. He's not just some, like, lackey, I guess, right. is my point. No. Okay. 
So let's see. Tywin tells Tyrion he's right about their slim chance for peace. Tyrion says Joff's only a boy. At, at his age, I committed a few, you know, follies of my own. And Tywin retorts with, I suppose we ought to be grateful he has not yet married a whore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh well, isn't, isn't this in the inn in question, though? Like, doesn't Tyrion mention that at the beginning? Um Yes. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like that would probably be, like, weighing on his mind during this exchange. And there might even be something symbolic about, like, Tywin, like, picking this place to, like, have this moment with his kid where he's like, okay, like, here's round two, you know what I mean? <laughs> I just, like, don't know why Tyrion set himself up for that, you know, while I don't <laughs> Self-loathing, which, you know, as the series goes on, we'll see more and more of it. In, you know? That's true. Yeah. Like, it's heightened dramatically. So uh, Tywin informs them of Renly Baratheon and Marjorie Tyrell's union. Cersei wants them to defend the king. Um, she has not yet informed Joffrey of the news because she doesn't want him marching out himself with the city watch. Um, it would leave the city undefended from Stannis, who Tywin <laughs> feels is the real threat. Oh, God, Joffrey. Such an idiot. <laughs> See, how is King Joffrey taking the news, Tyrion asks, with a certain black amusement. Cersei has not seen fit to tell him yet, Lord Tywin said. She fears he might insist on marching against Renly himself. With what army, Tyrion asks. You don't plan to give him this one, I hope. He talks of leading the city watch, Lord Tywin said. If he takes the watch, he'll leave the city undefended, Sir Kevin said. And with Lord Stannis on Dragonstone... Yes, Lord Tywin looked down at his son. I had thought you were the one made of motley, Tyrion, but it would appear that I was wrong. My father, said Tyrion, that almost sounds like praise. He leaned forward intently. What of Stannis? He's the elder, not Renly. How does he feel about his brother's claim? I'll just stop there. It is kind of interesting here how, like, Tywin is one of the few people who, you know, doesn't, like, just completely write Stannis off for some reason. And, like, he see, he, like, he sees how dangerous he is from the very beginning. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's like any time, you know, it seems like intelligent people tend to be able to spot other intelligent people. Game recognize game. Game recognize game, for sure. <laughs> I think that's what it is. <laughs> that seems accurate. I mean, he's not a dumb guy. You, you don't get to be no. where, where he's been and having brought your family back. I mean, granted, it's all going to go to shit pretty soon, but I mean, you, you don't get to do that without being pretty smart. Yeah, well, and Stannis has determination, which is something else that Tywin very much, I think, recognizes, and just the power of will, you know, which it can be very powerful. And Tywin does have, or sorry, Stannis does have that. And he would have, wouldn't Tywin have fought with him or, or had known of oh, him? I'm sure he knows what happened, you know, during the rebellion. I'm sure he has no. Well, not just the rebellion, the Greyjoy thing too, right? Right. Oh yeah. yeah. That, that was like one of Stannis's big showcases, wasn't it? Because he took over the fleet um, and did that like uh, operation on the side where he beat Victarion, um, mm-hmm. which was uh, no small feat, even though it was like a side operation. So, as we all know, uh, Tywin asks Kevin for a map. <laughs> They are in a bad situation with enemies in near every direction. Tyrion tells his father, take heart, at least Rhaegar Targaryen is dead. (laughs) Yeah, that was a good quip. Kevin tells Tywin they can't stay where they are with, um, and we learn Tywin has no intention of staying put. Orders for outriders are 
um, made to screen at their movements, and he plans to head to Harrenhal. He wants Sir Gregor and Vargo Hote and his um, an armory lorch to go before them and the Yichar to get 300 horses. He also gives orders to Kevin that everything in the Riverlands is to be burned. Scorched earth, bitch. God, mm. Tywin. Such an asshole. Oh, God, just the consummate asshole. Yeah, this is about somebody who, like, recognized how dangerous and evil Sir Gregor was and sidelined him. Like, Sir Gregor's, like, his main man. Like, he sends him out there, basically, to, you know, rape, burn, and pillage. And He yep. yeah. knows what he's doing. I mean, yep. He yep. I think he's a great character, Tywin, but my god, he is a bastard. Oh, yeah. He's terrible. Yeah. So, um... So once Kevin leaves with his orders, it's just Tyrion and Tywin. And Tywin tells Tyrion that the mountain clans can go ahead and enjoy some rapine. <laughs> so it's a new word to me. <laughs> oh, well, it's a terrible word. It's an old word. It doesn't mean what you think it means. I looked it up. <laughs> it's the violent seizure of someone's property. Hmm. Yeah, I thought hmm. it had to do with right. I thought it had to do with rape. But no. no, it doesn't. Mm-mm. That's what I assumed it. No, yeah, that's to what seize, I it to rob, to pillage, to plunder. This is. I'm looking it up right now on Merriam-Webster. Yeah, it well, is. yeah, but it's. <laughs> I mean, it's bad, but it's not know, what you thought it was, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's I'm just kidding. taking. It's just taking property, right? Yeah, according, I'm on. I'm on Merriam-Webster, which is an, a totally awesome site, and everyone should follow them on Twitter. And it's to pillage and to plunder. Yeah. Oh. Alright then. But then Tywin does go on to say that, you know, they can take women too. So Well, that, well that's property too. Well, so. yeah, but that's totally right. different crime. <laughs> so, um, anyway, Tyrion objects to them going ahead without him because, you know, he trusts them more than his own father's own men at this point. And Tywin tells Tyrion he best learned to control those, uh, the mountain clans. He doesn't want the city plundered. Because he plans to send Tyrion to uh, rule at King's Landing. And I think I have one more little bit selected for just to end us off here. Tyrion hooted with laughter. My sweet sister might have a word or two to say about that. Let her say what she likes. Her son needs to be taken in hand before he ruins us all. I blame those jackanapes at on the council, our friend Peter, the venerable Grand Maester, and the cockless wonder Lord Varys. What sort of council are they giving Joffrey that he lunches, lurches from one folly to the next? Whose notion was it to make this Janos slint a lord? The man's father was a butcher, and they grant him Harrenhal? Harrenhal! That was the seat of kings, not that he will ever set foot inside it, if I have a say. I am told he took a bloody spear for his sigil. A bloody cleaver would have been my choice." His father had not raised his voice, yet Tyrion could see the anger in the gold of his eyes. And dismissing Selmy, where is the sense in that? Yes, the man was old, but the name Barrist in the Bold still has meaning in the realm. He lent honor to any man he served. Can anyone say the same of the hound? You feed your dog's bones under the table. You do not seat him beside you on the high bench. He pointed a finger at Tyrion's face. If Cersei cannot curb the boy, you must. And if these counselors are playing us false, Tyrion knew. Spikes, he sighed. Heads and walls. Classic uh, Tywin. Yeah. 
I love how I love that like rant of his. It's like it's almost like stand up comedy there for a second. Yeah, He's just kind of like dunking <laughs> on Janice Slint. It's pretty great. Well, I, I do love that. Okay, a he doesn't put the blame with Joffrey. He puts it with the people advising Joffrey. So clearly, it doesn't know his grandson as well as you would think he would. And B, I love that most of the um, tirade against Janos Slint has to do with who his his, his ancestry. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the advice thing is actually maybe more prescient than he realized because, you know, Peter and, you know, Varys yeah. were both engaged in, like, deep subterfuge to undermine the state. I mean, like, that's, you know, that definitely was a part. Like, I mean, obviously Joffrey was completely insane, but I'm sure that they weren't helping. <laughs> No, no, I, I mean, he's not, I mean, he's right in his assessment of the three men that they are, you know, an issue. And he's, I mean, I think who, wasn't it uh, Cersei who appoints, and uh, Peter who appoints uh, Jano Slint? Isn't that there? Right. I think Cersei does. So, I mean, he's not wrong. It's just kind of funny that, you know, he's such a snob. <laughs> Well, oh, there is like a way things are done too. He does he does appreciate decorum for whatever other his other flaws may be. You know, you don't well, make that you don't make a guy like that Lord of Hair and all. That's crazy. Well, he's also a snob. I mean, he's he he has a real <laughs> problem with people overstepping their place in the social hierarchy. It's oh, a yeah. problem. For, I mean, as we see with his issue with you know Tyrion and the whores. I mean, that's because of you know his own father's you know association right. with a woman he considered a whore. I mean, he just has really big issues with people who overstep themselves. I mean, like, look at what he did with, with Cersei just like a few pages before where he's pissed that Cersei ordered him to come defend, you know, King's Landing. Like, he's he's angry that she yeah. she can well, order him to do that. Also, look at how he's upset about Barristan the Bold being pushed away from the Kingsguard and now the Hound is a member of the Kingsguard. And he's using you know, the Hound's older brother as a tool yeah. in his own army. He he just uses him. That he that is his monster to go out and rape and pillage and Yeah, that kind of havoc. Yeah, that kind of reiterates Chicky's point, right? That you have um the hound overstepping his place. Like he what, he should not have been elevated to that point, right? Yeah. Right. Well I think I mean I think Tywin uses uh Gregor Clegane you know, as a weapon, but I think I'm going to guess that he would not argue that, you know, Gregor Clegane should be elevated or, you know, given more put on the King's, uh, what's his name? Um, the King's guard or whatever. It's these men have a use, you use them, they're a tool, and then you put them back in their box and you're done. Right. You use the right tool for the right job, basically. Yeah. Right. So um, I guess it closes off with um, Tyrion questioning his father. You know, why why are you choosing me for this task? And he responds, you are my son. And this gets quite a, a, an internal reaction anyway out of Tyrion because I think it's at this point he realizes that Tywin might believe Jaime either dead or, as Tricky said, perhaps, you know, they can't get him back. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, it's funny because ever since, well, I mean, throughout this book, you know, obviously Jamie comes up a lot in Tyrion's, you know, kind of internal, uh, wiring. Um, constantly, constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And so you kind of get this sense of, of what, what it means for Tyrion that there might be no more Jamie. I mean, Jamie is literally the only person in the world that he, he knows he can count on. Yeah. 
Um, and it's, it's kind of like, this is Tyrion's growing up moment. I mean, <laughs> um, but also it's heartbreaking. God, I hate their relationship because it makes me so sad. Hmm. There's also one more parting shot that um, Tywin gives to Tyrion and, you know, that is no whores, no whores at court. So at the end of the chapter, we have Tyrion retiring to bed where Shay is sleeping and he gives her boob a squeeze and then tells her he has in mind <laughs> to take her to court. <laughs> one thing that's interesting, no. too, he does have like an intimation, too, that like he might end up holding the bags again when all this is said and done. Because yeah. you remember what happened at the river where he was basically stuck like in the worst place. Uh, and the entire thing, and not told what the actual plan was, and so he kind of even a part of him he brushes it off, but he even has like a you know is this is this the same deal again you know is this is this a poison gift you know and it is it is I mean I think Tywin in some sense I mean like we're we're saying you know Tywin's like oh I blame the counselors but he he makes it clear that he's also upset with Joffrey and he knows that Joffrey's a really big problem and um you know he wisely for Tywin who has every intention of coming in and being the, the, you know, the hand, but basically ruling the kingdom is he, he's like, okay, if I send Tyrion there, Tyrion can do the heavy hitting. Joffrey can push back against Tyrion and be mad at Tyrion. And then I can write in and save the day. Yeah. And be the one who, who takes away Tyrion. Who's, I mean, you can't tell me that Tywin doesn't know that Tyrion and Joffrey have a very contentious relationship. It's a a win win for him. It's a win-win. Yeah. I mean, because if, if Tyrion screws up, well, that gives him an excuse to blame Tyrion. If Tyrion does well, then he, like you say, can come in and take the credit. Just yeah, that's what exactly what he does. He takes credit. He, he basically takes credit for everything that worked and then puts everything else that didn't on, like, the, you know, the imp that everyone hates. Yeah. Um, and Cersei set him up for that perfectly, too, with the whole, like, um, the tax on prostitutes or whatever that gets blamed on Tyrion and all that stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. Also, I think it's worth noting, it's not that Tywin says you're not, you know, to have whores at court. He says, don't take the whore to court. So he knows that Tyrion has Shay. Right. He probably has no idea of her name or anything else, but he knows he's got somebody already. Right. Those that those are the kind of tabs that he keeps on the people who are close to him. So, you know, he knows everything. Mm. It's more... Tywin's 40 chess. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. I mean, like, my favorite thing, though, is that Tywin does finally get, you know, I mean, clearly Tywin wants to run the whole show. That is what he wants. And I love that the only way he can get control of the Seven Kingdoms is through Joffrey. Like, there's such, like, <laughs> satisfaction in that. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, that's always, that's always the contradiction. Like, he's super focused on, you know, the perpetuation of the house and the broader, like, you know, geopolitical maneuvering going on but because like he neglects his family that's like the downfall of him and everything <laughs> yeah, yeah. And- all right any parting shots or are we ready to wrap it up you guys yeah i have a parting shot no <laughs> woman wants to be woken up like this, Don't <laughs> do this. <laughs> no she does not <laughs> no she does not <laughs> yeah okay we'll end it on that note <laughs> We have any mail? <laughs> we do. We got two from across the pond in Sweden, and I also want to thank Kama for finding finding these for me. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. We have like <laughs> we have iTunes review from Sweden. Yes. Okay. I'll do the. I can do the iTunes review first. Then, um, from from Joe Playa, it says fun, witty, mature Game of Thrones shippy goodness. 
Right from the first couple of episodes, these lovely ladies captured me with their witty banter and insightful analysis of both show and book. Be warm, though. You'll be spoiled, entertained, laugh at inappropriate subjects, <laughs> and all in all, have a great time listening. That's really nice. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I love that they call this mature. I'm not sure what they mean by that. <laughs> We're old. I don't know. <laughs> I th- <laughs> yeah. Is it our content or is it our age? I don't know. I'm hoping it's our content. Well, our content yeah. could be seen as mature. I mean, we do swear oh, yeah. quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe and it's not like like show boosting stuff where it's like, oh, did you see what happened last week? You know, it's, that's, it's like none of that. So Dragons are wicked, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. <laughs> And um, from the same Joe, it says, hello, lovelies. So glad you decided to take on Tyrion. I do so enjoy his chapters in the early books. Couldn't help but agree with with that. It would be of would have been fantastically amazing to have more awkward Lannister family dinners and get togethers on the show. I do love me some crazy Cersei. <clears throat> So, a little question. I was entertaining myself by listening to a couple of old episodes, specifically the Season 7 spoiler updates. Yes, I am a glutton for punishment. While doing so, I couldn't help but shake my head sadly over all the information which everyone was was sure were spoilers. I am thinking specifically of things like the White Hunt, Boat Sex, (laughs) Pedo Pedro's, and Vera's teleportation device that has apparently become mass-produced and handed out generously to the northern crew and everyone they meet. Every single fucking bit of it turned out to be accurate spoiler. With that in mind, what kind of level crazy do we have to reach for you to dismiss leaks this time around? Joe. Oh, wow. It's, you know what's course. hilarious? is like, I don't think any of us are like, doing the season updates. It's Eon, right? <laughs> Uh, I might be in one. So. <laughs> Do you guys even have any scheduled yet? Yes, I think the next yeah. next week is one, is it not? Oh, wow, really? Yes, I'm not on. I know that that's... I need to one. check. I'm not on. <laughs> I don't None know. of us are on it, actually. I'm looking <laughs> at it now. I mean, Kama and like... I have sworn off the show. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I was like, if you said that I was on it, I'd really have to brush up on <laughs> looking at spoilers or potential spoilers. I don't even know what's what any of the new spoilers are right now. Yeah. It's funny that we ever not dismiss. On it's um, it's Clotho and Guile, Donkey Leg, Gato and Jinmo. Well, that'll oh. be good. Yeah. But seriously, why do we ever dismiss spoilers? I mean, like every season we've had spoilers that sounded crazy and then ended up being true. Yeah. This can't I mean, be- <laughs> although the white hunt was especially bad, but <laughs> yeah. Maybe that we could like have the panel next week address this question to do it uh, justice. Good idea. Okay. Good idea. Let's, let's make sure we send that to Guile or Clotho. <laughs> One of them. Oh, and that's a good reminder too for anybody listening. If you have any, you know, comments or questions uh, regarding season eight, send them send them to us so they have them for next week. Is that everything, Eon? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so please send us messages. Um, you can do so at close the door and at gmail.com, close the door and come here.tumblr.com. You can follow us on Twitter at door podcasts. Please support us on Patreon. Please also like and review, subscribe to this podcast wherever you may listen. And, uh, that'll be it. That'll bring us to the end. Thanks for podcasting, everyone.
Thank oh. you. Yeah, yeah, Thank you. It was nice to have you, Jake. Yeah, it was fun to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I would like to have you again, I think. I think I just made that decision. We'll follow up later. Anyway, cool. <laughs> closing the door, get out.